Welcome to Your Stories Podcast, where we hear candid stories from people conquering cancer. I'm your host, Brenda Brody, and I am delighted to welcome my dear friend, Monique Robinson, to the podcast today. Monique conquered stage two breast cancer, going through both a lumpectomy and radiation. Today, we will discuss how Monique found strength while facing a cancer diagnosis. Monique, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on. Hi, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me. So, Monique, can you take us back to that unfortunate time when you did receive the call that you did have cancer? Do you remember how you learned about your diagnosis? Yeah, I sure do. I remember it vividly. So I'll tell you a little bit about my story. I had always had lumpy breasts, <laughs> so diagnosed with a lot of fibroid adenomas. Back in 2013, it was July of 2013, I was doing my own self breast examination, which you know I do on a monthly basis. And I actually found like a little lump underneath my armpit. And so because I had these reoccurring fibroid adenomas, I would visit a surgeon regularly. So I went to the surgeon and he did a little sonogram. And he said, oh, it's nothing. It's just a swollen lymph node. Women get those all the time. So this was like July of 2013. And I kind of went on about my business. But then Brenda's like weird things started happening. So I was in the laundry room month or so after that. And I saw the breast cancer pin in my laundry room. Have no idea where that came from. And then one night I went to bed and I had a very, very vivid dream. And it was a woman doctor telling me, you are sick and we have to get you well. And that next morning I called my gynecologist and she set me up for you know, mammogram and the story goes on from there. So it was really in December of 2013 that I started tackling my cancer. Wow, that is quite an extraordinary story. And, you know, it's amazing because I think so many of us, it happened to me as well, have these signs from the universe that we don't quite understand. But you had that moment where you had this feeling and the visual that maybe there was something going on. So it's really fortunate. And I'm grateful that you took it to heart and got the help that you needed. So sure. that's just an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that. Once you were diagnosed, how did your cancer care team come up with a treatment for you? I know you had an extraordinary doctor who is one of our <laughs> women who conquer cancer doctors, Dr. Nalima Dendalori. So you want to share a little bit about what Dr. D did for you and, oh, yeah. and the team around you? Yeah, absolutely. I had a woman team, very strong woman team. So when I got diagnosed, the radiologist sent me first to Dr. Elizabeth Feldman, who was just wonderful. And so Dr. Feldman was the one that did my surgery. Rosemary Altimus was my radiologist oncologist. I found just wonderful Dr. Dendalori, who, I mean, I told you many times, Brenda, she is my lifeline. But I think the wonderful thing about all those doctors being together in one place is they could talk about my treatment together and they all knew what was happening. 
wasn't like I had to repeat my story over and over again. I was their priority and they were going to get me better. Don't you find that at least I found that they're very upfront, very direct and very honest. I always tell people when I mentor them, if they're telling you something, it's the truth. These doctors don't sugarcoat, which I think is a wonderful thing because you don't have to go to sleep wondering, are they not telling me everything? Did you have that experience? I really did, Brenda. When I had my first surgery, when I was diagnosed, Dr. Feldman said, okay, well, we can either do an MRI. If it's cancerous, it the MRI is going to light up. We'll know. Or we can just go ahead and do surgery. We'll biopsy it. And then you may need to have future surgery. So I opted, let's, you know, biopsy, see what happens. When I woke up from that first surgery, I mean, Dr. Feldman was there and she said, it's cancerous. And the, the nurse that was taking care of me said, listen to your doctors. Do everything your doctors tell you to do. And, you know, I really, really took that to heart. But the one beautiful thing I think about the team was they knew me and my personality. And I have to say, I was fragile. I mean, I was scared, I was broken. But Dr. Feldman and Dr. Dendalori knew how to talk to me in the way that worked for me. They tell you the truth, but they treat you so warmly and passionately and, and caring. They're very and caring. I do think that that is the beauty of the oncologist that we have all come in contact with. They really do treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit, right? Absolutely. And they really understand what we need when we need it, keeping us having strength, but also understanding the emotional trauma that comes along with having cancer, both during treatment and then all the PTSD after. Oh my gosh, Brenda, you know, yeah, absolutely. So I had it for sure. Right. So after I was done with my treatments and you know, this, it's like you're taking your medicine. So you feel like you're still doing something, but anytime I had uh, ache, a pain, a sniffle. I swore the cancer was back and I would spiral down. And, um, you know, I would go to my primary care doctor, but I would ultimately, ultimately end up at that back at Dr. Dendalori every time. Right. And she looked at me one time. I mean, I was in her office sobbing and crying and she looked at me and she's like, you need to do something about your anxiety. Right. So mm-hmm. she was treating the, she was treating my entire being, not just my cancer, my post cancer. She was like telling me I needed to get some mental health and, yeah. and strength and which is what I, I did. And, you know, today I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. You know, both oh, mentally and physically. When you get that call that you have cancer, it emotionally takes a major toll, both physically and mentally. And so Absolutely. I'm so proud of you for taking the steps to get the mental health that you needed because uh, the support, because it goes along with it for years and years to come. And as I always say, that's why we're survivors. Absolutely. You know, it's, <laughs> it's over, but it's never really over. It takes a village, but I, I'm really impressed and proud of all you've done. And again, we can't thank the doctors who've treated you and treated me enough because they knew how to get us through it, but also <laughs> how to deal with us after the fact because they they don't make us feel that this PTSD is something weird or unusual. They're very sensitive whenever we call and we need to see them. They're always open. 
can we talk a little bit about you have a beautiful family and when you were diagnosed, Grant, your son was in high school and yes. Haley, your beautiful daughter was in college and, um, you know, thank God you had an, the amazing support of your husband, Clyde. But what was that like for your family and the impact that mm-hmm. your diagnosis had on them? After I was diagnosed, the first call I made was to my mom. And my husband, Clyde, and I really had to figure out how we were going to talk to our children about it. And I just couldn't. I mean, I just could not bring up the courage and the strength to talk to them. So we went out to dinner one night and had a nice dinner. And we were driving back in the car. And my husband, Clyde, said, you know, kids, we need to talk to you. And he, you know, told them the truth and and said, you know, mom has has breast cancer and the doctors are doing everything that they can and she's going to be okay. We had to tell them that I was going to be okay. And my son just broke down and cried. And my daughter, who is so strong, said, did you hear what dad said? Mom is going to be okay. And just to hear those words coming out of other people's mouth, you are going to be okay, really, really helped me get through this. And I have to say, my husband was there with me every step of the way, did not miss a doctor's appointment, (laughs) did not miss a radiation treatment. My first radiation treatment, I was laying on the table by myself and I just was a mess. I was crying. And you know how it is. They got to line everything up. This takes work, right? To make sure <laughs> they are getting the, the cancer in the right spot. And Dr. Optimus just stopped everything. And she went and got my husband and he came Aww. into that room and he just hugged me and it was like, it's going to be okay. So my family was just there for me every step of the way. But I have to say to my friends, you, uh, especially at the top of my list, my dear Brenda, It was my pleasure, you know, and you've done it for others since. And I think that's a a great message to people and especially people who don't have families that, you know, you create your own family It may be a non-biological family. But when you're diagnosed, you reach out to those I find that have had cancer and you want to hear their stories. And the most important thing you want to hear is I'm going to be okay. Yes, and sure. that goes a long way, and that strength, and and I know you've been giving that back to others now, as as others have given it to you during your process. Well, I'm just so glad that you're healthy and you're strong, and your statistics are great, and everyone yes. listening can hear that it is not an easy process, no matter what stage you are at in your fight but that there is light at the end of the tunnel for so very many with the diagnosis that you had. And that's the beautiful story. Are there any words of wisdom or suggestions to people of things that you've done since cancer that have helped you focus on other things so you're not worried about the fear of could it come back? Yeah, what I mean, what a great question. I would say some of the words of wisdom that I have is to have hope. That is the first thing I would say. Take everything you need to have hope and have faith. Listen to your doctors, just like that nurse told me. And I would say also, Brenda, you know, a couple other things. One, try to educate yourself. 
For me, understanding to do monthly exams, to check underneath your arms where my cancer was, to advocate for yourself, right? That first doctor told me it was nothing. And although I had these signs, I did not let it go, right? I just kept wanting to find answers. And then, you know, when you're ready, like you said, give, give back, I choose to help raise money and awareness for those that are in need and don't have access to screening and health education and and mammograms and education. So that's how I give back. And then finally, you know, be thankful. Be thankful for life and having a second chance at life. Oh, Monique, that's beautiful. That's really great. And I'm sure you have inspired so many who are listening. So thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you're healthy. And happy, and you now are on the other side of it, and it's a beautiful thing. So stay well, and thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you so much, Brenda. Anytime. All right, great. (laughs) Thanks, Monique. Well, I hope you all were inspired by Monique. Hearing the experiences of others can help people cope with the challenges cancer brings. Help others find their inspiring stories by leaving a review of the podcast and subscribe today on iTunes or Spotify to hear every new episode. Thanks for listening to Your Stories, Conquering Cancer. The participants of this podcast report no conflicts of interest relevant to this podcast. Full disclosures can be found on the episode page on conquer.org. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. This is not a substitute for professional medical care and is not intended for use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy should not be construed as an ASCO endorsement.